this series, That Hits Different, the different people that are going to be speaking are going to be preaching on scriptures that are just hitting their lives different. They're, they're words from God's word that, that move us into action. It's when you come acro- across a verse in the scripture or the Holy Spirit brings a verse of scripture to your mind. And you're like, you know what? I've heard that verse before, but right now it just hits different. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Maybe you've ever had a moment like that where you came across a verse and you're like, now that one makes sense. So that's what we're talking about right now, verses, scriptures from God's word that hit us differently and move us to, to do something. So I was, I was empowered and blessed by that word, Pastor Mike, and, and grateful to go ahead and pick it up today with my hits different verse myself. And I, I, I'll share it. Before I share it, I want to go ahead and just share a quick backstory on how this verse came to play and how it started to hit me different. So if you're ready, say ready. ready. Come on, if you're hungry, say let's eat. Ready. Let's eat. Father God, as we get ready to eat from your word right now, uh, Jesus, I pray that these words from your word would hit us different. They'd speak directly to the season we're in. They'd speak to our minds. They'd speak to our hearts. And even right now, just pray with me, church. Just say, Jesus, speak to me in your name for your glory. Amen. Amen. Some of you know, as I've mentioned already, that this past week I was traveling to the, the Northeast, to Pennsylvania, to speak at a sports camp involved with a ministry we support called FCA. And we love FCA, Fellowship Christian Athletes. I was super excited to get out there for the camp. And uh, our plane was leaving Sunday night at 11.55 p.m. And I'm just going to be transparent. We're a transparent church, all right, that myself in this story should have done a better job with my decision making, all right? I'm just putting that on the table up front. Go ahead and you can go ahead and criticize me. I I receive it. I'm going to get better. I, I, I decided that, you know what, if we show up, you know, roughly an hour to 40 minutes before the flight, we'll be fine. We'll make it, okay? And so some of y'all are already shaking your head like, man, what's wrong with you, bruh? And so we ended up getting to the airport. It is 50 minutes before the flight. (laughs) And I just didn't think to check in on my phone. It's like the first time I hadn't done that in so long. I was just distracted with talking and excited and all types of stuff going on. And I walk up to the little kiosk thing. I said, oh, we'll just get the, put the confirmation in. We're good. And it gives me this alert. It says, in my language, it said, bruh, you too late. <laughs> and I said, hold up. No, 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 no. And so I just said, all right, let me go up to this kind person at this checkout window. And I said, hey, excuse me, uh, ma'am, can you help me in I don't know if she said yes or no, but she gave me that look like it's 11.15 now at night, and I don't know if I want to help you. And I was like, this is not going to be good. And I said, that machine says I can't get on the plane, and we have to get on the plane. And she goes, all right, what's your number? And she's like typing it in. I'm like, I need you to hurry. And she goes, yep, that machine was right. You're not going to make it. And I'm like, it's we got time. I need you to let me on the plane. She goes, well, let me go get my supervisor. And this is like a slow motion walk. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And you just are just like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Everybody stay cool, you know? And she goes and gets her supervisor. Supervisor comes back, and he just is like, just try me. 
And I'm like, he's like, she told you, you're too late. It's your fault. And I'm like, I know it's my fault. I feel bad about that. But there's time. Let us make it on the plane. And so after all of that, they said, nope, you missed the flight. And so we had to figure out a way last minute scrambling to book a flight, the earliest one we could find the very next morning. And to get out there, praise God, we made it on time. We called an Uber at midnight. He picked us up. We invited him to church. If you're here today, we're, I didn't see you. You were in the front seat, <laughs> but we invited you, and he was interested. And I said, well, maybe we missed it because of that. Nonetheless, it was really cool divine appointments and all that. But here was the verse that God shot a, an arrow right into my mind when all that was happening. It was almost like a verse came to life when I was in the midst, in, in, in height of my frustration, and it was this verse out of the book of James, chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. That's where we're going to land today. So if you have a Bible, go ahead and turn there with me. Or you can look at it on the screen. And I'm going to share my hits different verse with you. So if you're ready, say ready. Come on, tap the person next to you and say, get ready. This is going to hit different. No, for real, tell them. Say, this is going to hit different. Here was the voice of the Holy Spirit through the word of God. He said, Hey, Hayden, I was so mad, y'all. Come on, Christians can get mad. I'm not saying that it's right. Yeah, I love you. You're like, thank you for saying that. Sometimes you got that anger in you, whether it's righteous or not righteous, but it was, mine was a little bit of both. I was mad at myself and the person across the counter. And here's what God said. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Now, let me tell you, Walk Church, that was not the verse that I wanted to hear at that moment because I didn't consider any of that joyful at all. However, sometimes God will give you something that you don't want to hear in the moment because it's what you need in the moment. And God began to minister that verse to me, and he said, even though you are in a trial right now, consider it joy. And I began to say, you know what? I've heard that verse for all of my Christian life just about, but I don't know that I've ever really tapped into it at this level. Let me go ahead. It's hitting me different, y'all. Online, it's hitting me different, and maybe it would minister to you today. So I just began to study this verse and extract some principles out of it that I pray would hit us different here today as well. Now, maybe you live a trial-free life, and this sermon doesn't really mean much to you, but if you're anything like me and you got trials everywhere you go, come on, anybody? All right, I'm talking to some fellow strugglers in the room that this might speak to you here today. I want to talk about a few different words. I want to talk about the what, I want to talk about the who, I want to talk about the when, the why, and the result of all these verses on display for my note takers. Let's go ahead and talk about the what here. Let's talk about the what of James chapter 1, verse 2. He says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. He says, here's what you need to do. Walk Church, when you get into a moment today and you are experiencing a trial, you're facing a 
trial, you're facing something that feels like a test, you feel like you're being attacked, you feel like you're in the struggle, your family member, your boss, your coworker, yourself makes a poor decision, you're late, you don't get on the plane, whatever the case may be, you got a bad server at your restaurant, somebody cuts you off, he goes, here's what you should do, consider it pure joy. Tell me, church, is this not as countercultural as it gets? Because we're trained in our flesh and in our society, the moment we hit a trial, we don't go to joy. We go to frustration. We go to the opposite of joy. We go to complaining. We go to criticizing. We go to blaming. Right? What he says here is James is like, hey, consider it pure Joy. Look at the word consider with me. I was leaning into this definition. The word consider, first definition I found, the Oxford pocket, it says to think carefully about something, typically before making a decision. I, I want to submit to you here some principles today. When you're experiencing a trial in your life, to stop and think carefully about it. Come on, talk to me. Is this speaking to anybody? To just stop for a moment. Like, I had to go ahead and pause during this slow motion walk while this person went back to get their supervisor. Why isn't the supervisor right there in front of me, right? I had to think carefully before saying what I wanted to say, knowing that I shouldn't say it. I think a lot of freedom will come into our lives if we start to consider better. If we, do, if we start to think before we speak, think before we do, especially in the context of a trial. Because if you think deeply enough about the trial, you might realize God may be in the trial. And if you start to sense that God's in it, joy may follow because joy follows the presence of God. Sam wanted to clap. You went like this. It was, it was right there, right? It, 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 in the context of relationship, it could be with your spouse. It could be with your fiance. It could be with your children that are on your last nerve. Stop for a second and think carefully. Okay. How should I respond? To not make a, a, a permanent decision based off a, a temporary emotion, right? To not say th something that you might have to take back. I realize considering is powerful, but to consider what? To consider it pure. Oh, James was careful with the details here, amen? He says consider it pure. The word pure, not mixed or adulterated with any other substance or material. James says to the church, to the scattered brothers and sisters across the land, he says to walk church here in Las Vegas through the inspired word of God, consider it pure, not mixed, not adulterated with anything else. You don't need anything else from the world to be in, included in this emotion. He says consider it pure joy. This word joy, I love this definition for the word joy. Webster's Dictionary says the word joy is an emotion evoked by well-being or success or good fortune or by the prospect of possessing what one desires. I like this definition because I think sometimes we can be tempted to mistake joy with happiness. Do y'all know what I'm saying? The word happiness is really a result of what's happening in your life. The reason why happiness comes and goes the reason why happiness is not the goal of the text, not that happiness is a bad thing, happiness is a good thing, but happiness is a fleeting thing. 
The reason why it doesn't say consider it pure happiness when you face trials is because you're not happy when you're going through a trial. But there's another level above happiness. Did y'all know that? You know what it's called? It's called joy. And joy is the emotion evoked by well-being, success, or good fortune by the prospect of possessing what one desires. It's this idea that even though I'm in a trial, there's this prospect that God still may work this thing out for my good. Y'all know what I'm talking about? When you're in the middle of a trial, there's still, when, when I think deeply and carefully about this trial that I'm in, there's this prospect that my God is good, my God is sovereign, my God never has a uh-oh moment. God never looks at the Holy Spirit and Jesus and says, what should we do? The Holy Spirit never has a surprise moment. Jesus is never outside of control. In fact, even our trials could be God doing something for our own well-being. I wanna encourage you to think differently about your trials. Your, your marital trials, your family trials, your school trials. You may be in a trial right now sitting here Think differently about your trial because God may be wanting to do something in you. Shortly after I had James 1.3 flood my spirit and my heart, and I almost wanted to discard that verse. Like, where's flip a table Jesus verse right now, right? Where's Jesus when he's like, oh, I'm about to just flip this table over. I'm about to tell some of y'all. Jesus was like, no, no, stay in the James 1.3. Shortly after that, another verse came into my spirit. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Another good scripture to download into your heart. It's important to memorize scripture because it's in the trials that God wants to speak to you. If you don't have a memory bank of scripture in you, God may be trying to speak something that you don't have in you. So Romans 8, 28 says it like this. Come on, let's read it off the screen. Ready? One, two, three, and. Come on, say and. Come on, and. And we know. Come on, say that again. Say, and we know. Super loud. And we know. We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. God's promise teaches us, Walk Church, that if you love God, even if you make a mistake, even if you said the wrong thing, even if you just got fired, even if the person that was below you got promoted over you and you got demoted under them, even if that happens, God's working it together for your good. God is putting the pieces together on a chessboard, you might be like, well, I don't know what that's setting up. God's doing something over here for your good. Hear that. I think sometimes we have this misconception that God is actually plotting against us when actually God is working in our good, that God is working in our favor. If you love him, you might hear today say, you know what, God, I don't got it all together, but I love you, Lord. God, I love you. God says, good, I love you too, and I'm working this together for your good. And when God does stuff for your good, he ultimately does it for his glory. For those who are called according to his purpose, and I really am convinced that every individual created in the image of God is created for the purpose of God. All of us are created for his purpose. And so today, if you would say, I love God, I just might be a baby Christian, but I love them. God is working it together for your good. Sometimes our two-year-old baby be changing his diaper. He'll be getting all upset. I'll be like, I promise you it's for your good. 
You don't understand why I need to do this. But it's for your good. God be out changing us, y'all. He's like, I promise you don't get this. It's for your good that these trials are working together for our good. And that's why God says, when you're, when you're facing a trial, Hayden, it's for your good. When, when you're facing a trial, I'm trying to show you something, teach you something. Consider it pure joy. That, that's the what. Let's go ahead and talk about who's this for? Who's this verse in scripture written to? Is this written to the world? Is this written to every single person? Here's who this is written to. He says it in the text. He says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. James is writing this to family. Amen? This is a verse for the church. I really believe this is a, a needed verse, not just in my life, but hopefully in your life. I think too many people have the misconception that Christians have it all together. You might have the wrong, you might have the misconception about yourself. Like, shouldn't I be better by now? Shouldn't I be further along by now? I'm not supposed to struggle. I'm not supposed to mess up. James is writing this verse to Christians experiencing trials. If you're a Christian, today you placed your faith in Jesus as the Lord and the Savior of your life. Can I just tell you something? It's a promise from God's word. Trials are around the corner. Persecution will come. Struggle with the flesh will come. Struggle and battle with the devil are already present. Your soul is being fought for, right? Jesus wants it, but so does the enemy. Jesus says to Peter, but I prayed for you, right? I wanna encourage you today to consider it pure joy, church. This is a verse for the church. I, I really believe, church, how we respond to trial is gonna impact our witness. I once heard it put from a motivational speaker who speaks in a lot of professional sports. He, uh, this was a, a life coach to a lot of professional athletes. And he says, the number one thing I work with my athletes on is responding in the moments of adversity. He says, when you strike out, how you respond in those first five seconds determines the rest of the game. When you, when you miss the shot, when you foul somebody, when you forget the play, how you respond right after the trial, when you lose, when you make the wrong decision, when you get traded and nobody told you, when, when the scorecard goes the wrong way in the fight, when you, he says, how you respond in that moment, not react, but respond, determines the next course of your life. Christian, this is for you too. Y your witness is counting on how you respond to trials. Friend, if we can begin to respond to trials with joy, anybody hearing me? It will be such a tangible and powerful witness to the watching world who, come on, has the magnifying glass on the church. I feel like everybody in the world is just waiting for the church to fail so they can write a New York Times article about how the church failed. But when we respond to trial with joy, I think it's attractive. I think responding to trials with joy is contagious. I've found that in my circle, if I respond to trials with bad energy, that picks up. People around me start to have bad energy. If I start complaining, other people will say, yeah, let's start complaining too. 
But if I respond with joy, joy will jump on somebody. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Joy is contagious. Church, we got to do a better job of responding to trials with joy. This is hidden different in my life. We talked about the what? We talked about who this is for, but when? When do we consider it pure joy, church? Brothers and sisters, when is the time to say, okay, this is my moment to consider it pure joy? He tells us the when right here in this text. Consider it pure, pure joy, walk church. Say this word with me. Come on, say it loud. Tell the person next to you, say whenever. Whenever. Come on, whenever, Shay. Come on, whenever, Joanne. Whenever, Terry. Whenever, online. Whenever, Josh Carter. Come on, whenever, Pastor Dean. Whenever, Osiris. Right? Whenever. Oh, man, this is a verse I struggle with. To consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. When do we go to joy? Whenever you find face trials. And I just want to encourage the believer here today that it's going to happen. Say, okay, when these trials occur, let me go to joy. I once heard of an acronym for the word joy. Jesus, others, yourself. How do you go to joy? How do you consider it pure joy? Let me go straight to Jesus. The best thing to do when you have a trial is not retreat from the presence of God, but to lean into the presence of God. When a trial sparks in your life, and sometimes they come out of nowhere, a health scare, you miss a plane, your car doesn't work. A couple weeks ago, Nina and I came downstairs Opened our refrigerator door. It's not cold. Come on, somebody. Like, yo, why? What? No, but like, come on, fridge. Open the freezer door. All the frozen stuff's all mushy, right? You're like, it's in that moment. That's a whenever. Let me consider this. I'm going to consider this joy. Because God wants to do something in me. Whenever you face trials, I'm not going to go away from God. I need to go to God. There's something about the presence of God. Look at me, church. Don't miss this. There's something about the presence of God that produces joy. David knew this. David lived in adversity. David lived in trial. Whether it was a lustful battle or a physical battle or a prideful battle, David spent a lot of, a lot of his life running running from Saul in fear, running from the, the, the Philistines, running from his own people. David had all types of struggle, but here's what David put in his journal. Psalm 16, verse 11. I'll show it to you up on the screen. David writes to us in Psalm 16, and he says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, say it with me, there is fullness of joy. When you hit a trial, don't go away from the presence. When you hit a trial, Manu, go to the presence. Because it's there that you find fullness of joy. I could attest today that there's not fullness of joy in a bottle. There's not fullness of joy 
in weed. There's not fullness of joy in sex. There's not fullness of joy in buying new clothes or new shoes. Or I promise you there's not fullness of joy scrolling on a timeline. There's fullness of comparison traps. There's full, doesn't the devil speak lies to you when you experience a trial? Here's what you should comfort yourself with. Everything but the presence of God. You'll go do 5,000 other things before you think about God. And God's saying, but there's not fullness of joy there. God says, if you go to my hand, if you open up my hand, you'll find pleasures forevermore. I'm not just talking church stuff to you. Test it. I'm not just trying to give you theory. When I missed my flight the other night and I was ready to start cussing the brother out, I had to stop, take a breath. Anybody ever just want to cuss somebody out? Oh, y'all, my bad, y'all. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not condoning that. I'm not saying do it. I'm just saying it came through my mind. It was then that God said, wait, wait, wait. Now consider something. You got you to gotta learn how, the ministry of considering. Melissa, we need to do a charge group on considering. We need to learn how to consider better. I love the Christmas story. It says, Joseph had a conversation with Mary, and Mary said, I'm pregnant, and it's not by you. The, the spirit of God, the angel came to me. It says, now Joseph, while on his bed, considered these things. It was in the, Joseph had the choice to have her killed or to consider these things. It says, while he considered these things, he fell asleep. Sometimes you got to sleep on the trial. It was while sleeping, the angel appeared to Joseph and said, now, Joseph, look, I know you think this is all wild, but it's true. You get a chance to name the son of God and name him Jesus. It's in the considering that God will show up. Sometimes you got to sleep on it. And guess what? When you wake up the next day, God's mercies are new again. You make known to me the path of life, not the path of death. In your presence, there's fullness of joy. He says, go to him. Go to the presence of God. Go to the presence that's found in him. I like how author and pastor Sam Storms writes about the topic of joy. He says, joy is not necessarily the absence of suffering. It's the presence of God. Where does joy come? Ha happiness comes from what's happening. Some days are good, some days are bad, right? Joy is found in the presence of God. You can make the decision today as to how much joy you want to walk with, how much optimistic faith you want to have. It depends on how you respond to your trial. I'm well aware that a trial for you is around the corner or you're in a trial right now. What you do with that trial matters. Consider it pure joy. This is what's hitting different for me right now. I'm learning how to run to joy. In other words, run to the presence and not run from the presence. Run to God's word. Run, run to your prayer closet. Run to wise counsel. Run to Wednesday prayer. You may say, man, well, we don't have a charge group going right now. Hey, just go ahead and start one right now. Text a few people, say, yo, can we meet together? Can we just meet together because I'm in a trial? I need, I, I got, 
Pastor Hyden said, run to the presence, not run away from the presence. Amen? It says, consider it pure joy whenever. The word whenever, by definition. Let me give you the word whenever. Whenever, this conjunction word, at whatever time, on whatever occasion. Whenever. You might say, I don't know if it's time for me to go to the presence of God. It's not Sunday yet. You know that the church is not limited to Sunday, right? Church is not an event. Church sure isn't a place, amen? We can have church in a warehouse or in a middle school cafeteria or in your house or in an office place in a plaza. You can have church whenever, wherever, but just go to the presence. The church is us, the people of God, carrying the presence of God. Consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds. I love that right there. As we look at this verse, we're, we'll get ready to conclude here in a minute. I just want us to focus on this verse. It says, whenever you face trials of, of many kinds. Come on. Do any of y'all just have a, just a variety of trials? I feel, thank you, Teddy. I feel like my trials are so random. Jizzy put both hands up. She said, I got a trial in this hand, this hand, you know. The, the trials, the tests, some translation will say tests of many kinds, right? God will never tempt you, but according to scripture, God will test you. It's in the testing. Come on, I know that some of us here at Walk Church, we might not be the most educated church, all right? But we growing. We're, I know I'm not the most educated leader, but I'm, that's why I gotta keep Pastor Mike close, all right? Right, that's why I got to keep Pastor Dean close. I got to keep different leaders in my look. Help me see, help me think through this. But here's what I know about education. Whenever I have a, whenever I had a test growing up, or whenever I have a test currently, I always think, man, I should have went to the book more. I, should, I need to go to the book. I need to go to the presence. I need to go back to the study guide. Amen. Because there's something about the test that moves you closer to the one who gave the test. Can you give me some help, teacher? Can you give me some direction? Can I get some clues going into the test? I love how Jesus says, whenever I test you, you seem to talk to me more. When do, when do we see the, the phrase, hashtag prayer, trending on social media? Whenever there's a trial, whenever there's a circumstance, Whenever there's a hurricane, whenever there's somebody, prayers for whenever somebody's sick, unfortunately, whenever somebody passed away, it's something about trial that moves us closer to the author. Whenever you face trials of many kinds, friend, you're going to have a trial today. You're going to get in an argument with somebody. The person who's going to serve your food is going to mess it up. I hope it doesn't happen. I hope it's a perfect day. Sometimes I have those, but they're few and far between. Your fridge is going to break on you. You're going to try to close a home as, in real estate, and the person's going to back out last minute. You're going to show up at the house, and the key's not going to be in the box. Come on, Terry, dog. You're going to try to log. You're gonna, your Wi-Fi's not going to connect. That's like the worst trial, right? It's taking longer. Like, you don't remember AOL took you 10 minutes to get online. Now it's 10 seconds and we're freaking out. Your phone's going to stop working. The AC's not going to work here at the warehouse. Come on, it's a trial. It happened recently. I'm sorry, y'all. 
Listen, y'all, consider it joy when the AC don't work. I was talking to Pastor Josh Carter. He went on vacation for two weeks to Tennessee, comes back home. The AC doesn't work. The house is 100 degrees. Come on, God. What happened? Consider it pure joy. Brothers and sisters, Christianity is not the absence of trials. Whoever sold you that lied to you. Just believe in Jesus. Everything will go great. Lies. Believe in Jesus and the trials will start spinning quickly. But it's in the trial of many kinds that you go to the presence and you experience freedom and you experience Christ and you get to know him that much better. It's not about what's happening. It's about the presence. I love how Oswald Chambers says it in his devotional. My utmost for his highest. Oswald Chambers says, the Bible talks plentifully about joy, but it nowhere talks about a happy Christian. Happiness depends on what happens. Joy does not. Joy actually is in the midst of the trial. Remember, Jesus Christ had joy, and he prayed that they might have joy fulfilled in themselves. Jesus prayed that you would experience the joy that he had when he was on the cross. The joy that he had when people were criticizing him, when they were putting a, a crown of thorns on him, when they were putting a, a robe on Jesus and said, you're really a, such a king. Jesus had joy in those moments. How? Because he considered what was before him. This is the context of Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews 12, the author of Hebrews, is writing to us and he says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. Sometimes the weights and the sins are the things that's causing your trials. If you want to have less trials, have less weight and sin in your life. Throw the things that cling so closely down and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us Looking to Jesus, run focused, friend. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Sin in your life will say, how come you're not looking at me anymore? Because I'm looking at Jesus. People in your life will say, hey, how come you're not giving me attention anymore? Because I'm looking at Jesus. I'm running the race and you are too slow. And I don't have time to run at your speed. If you got a boyfriend or girlfriend that's not running at that pace, run past them. Now, if it's a spouse, slow down and bring them with you. But you don't have time to enter into a marriage with somebody who's not running with you. Can I get an amen? Yeah. Run with somebody who's running at that speed and wants to run too, who's throwing off sin and weights. Not just sin, but sometimes it's not even sin, it's just a weight. If you're playing video games too much, stop. If you're scrolling too much, delete the app. So you can run this race. You can go to the presence. Because here's what it says. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter. He's the author. He's the one who gives the test. Of our faith, who for the joy. Everybody say for the joy. Who for the joy that was set before him. Look what Jesus did. For the joy set before Jesus endured the cross. I can't think of a greater trial than to be crucified 
for something that somebody else did. Jesus said, look, I'm gonna endure your cross. I'm going to despise the shame, even though I'm the literal son of God, I'm going to despise the shame and not even retaliate because of the joy that's before me and is now seated at the right hand. Jesus said, this temporary momentary affliction is not worth considering the right hand of the throne of God. Amen? Jesus goes, look, I know where I'm going. This thing is very temporary. For the moment, this trial is going to hurt, but where I'm going is even better. He says, consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Look at the person next to you, church, and say, don't grow weary. Don't grow weary. Don't grow weary. Don't let your heart faint. But to consider it joy. We got to have a mentality shift. When you're going through a trial, stop. Think. Remember. Go to the presence. Consider it pure joy. That's the what, that's the who, that's the when. Let me give you the why. The why is important, isn't it? If you want the why, say, I want it. All right, thank you for that. Let me give you the why. Here's the why. Look at this verse with me. Here's the why. Because you know. Because you know. Church, I, I, I think I see some people in here that know. If you're online right now, it's because you know. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces something. You can consider it joy, pure joy, in the middle of the trial because you got to know deep down in your soul that this test right here, this testing of my faith, this testing of whether I truly believe, this testing of if I'm going to stay steadfast in this moment is going to produce something in me that I need. It's going to produce perseverance, Suzanne. It's going to produce a level of perseverance that I need to go long-term with my faith. I've met too many Christians along this journey of church planning that just didn't make it because they didn't have the level of perseverance. Because when the test came, they said, I didn't sign up for that. I just signed up for going to church and I just thought, you know, Jesus was going to be an ATM machine and, you know, kind of a genie in the bottle. I just rubbed Jesus and everything comes true for my life. And Jesus goes, no, I'm here for the test. I'm here for the good days and the bad days. I'm here for the blessing and the burden. I'm here for the mountain and the valley. The disciples walked with Jesus up to the mountain. They, walk, they saw Jesus walk on water. They saw Jesus get taken away. The journey of a Christian is full of trials, isn't it? Because you, know, you got to know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. I love that word right there. Why do we need perseverance? Here's why we need it. Church, we need perseverance because God wants you to make it. Somebody didn't catch that. You need perseverance because God wants you to finish. Amen? You need perseverance because God wants you to finish strong. I, I, I heard that from my guy Tommy Dodd at our charge group. 
Tommy, you said this at one of the groups. You said, hey, man, I'm just trying to finish strong. I love that right there. May we never be the, the athlete that runs the race and in the last second gives up. Finish strong. Everybody say finish strong. Your last lap could be right now. Your last lap could be 30 years from now, 50 years from now. But I believe Jesus wants you to finish strong. Some translations say the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Some will say produces endurance. Some will say steadfastness. I like that word perseverance because, friend, we got to persevere through it. The definition for perseverance is this. It's continued effort to do or achieve something despite difficulties, failure, or opposition. It's I'm going to achieve the crown of glory in heaven despite the opposition that comes my way. Even if I don't make it on the flight because I should have got there earlier, I know that I got to continue to press in and have perseverance. I can't just go home and say I'm going to skip the camp. Find the next one. Do what you have to do. Persevere and take a step, amen? God has something around the corner that you can't see yet. You got to take a step. God is producing perseverance through your pain. God is per producing perseverance through your struggle. God is producing perseverance through the church. If any of, we know this here at Walk Church. Our journey has been a journey of perseverance. But perseverance is a word that follows walking, amen? Right, this isn't a sit-down church. And we need to sit in the presence of Christ while we walk in the presence of Christ. <clears throat> so I love this verse right here. It's been, it's been shaping me as of late. It's been helping me. God wants you to make it. God wants you to go far. God wants you to persevere. God wants you to press through. Nina and I, we have a, a calendar. Kind of, We have stairs in our house, and we midway through, there's this little turn area, and there's a little wall right there, and we put a calendar up. And it has notes on the calendar. And I just, I saw it earlier. I just wrote in Sharpie this past month. I just put, God will do it. I see it every day. I believe God wants us to persevere. He's going to do it. What's the it? I don't know. What's your it? You, everybody has an it. Amen. Some of y'all are praying for a spouse. I'm praying for family members. Some of y'all are praying for a new job. Some of you are praying for, we're praying for a big dream to build a church facility. I just believe God will do it. Amen? God will do it. This year, just, just speak that over your life. God will do it. The result of the what, when, who, and why. Here's the result. Worship team, you guys can get ready to come back up. I'm going to go ahead and turn this because we got to finish. The, the result is so key. I love the results. It says, here it is. Let perseverance finish its work. Oh, these are some unpopular verses, Pastor Joe. You got, Joe, you got, when planning a church, you got to let perseverance finish its work. So that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. God is such a good father. He doesn't want us to lack anything. You know? God is so good, he'll put you through a trial He'll put a test in front of you just so that you won't be lacking in the end. I think sometimes we want our maturity to be absent from pain. It's just not how God works. So today, if you would say, man, my whole story's been a trial. 
It's because God wants to produce something in you. The, the result, the result of perseverance, the result of considering your trials joy, the result of that will be maturity, completion, and not lacking in anything. That's what God wants for you. Come on, look at me, church. We're almost done. Did you know that? God wants that for you. Colossians 1 verse 28, Paul says, this is what God wants for you. He says, it's him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. Can you commit to something with me, church? Can you commit to growing more mature in your faith this year? As we walk this journey together, walk church, let's grow in maturity this year. There's about four of y'all that are like, I'm down for it. Some of y'all are not ready to get mature. It takes a level of maturity to read your Bible. It takes a level of maturity to cut off sin. It takes a level of maturity to say, I'm not going to miss a Wednesday night. It takes a level of maturity to say, I'm opening my living room to have a group. It takes a level, look at me, it takes a level of maturity to say, I'm taking 10% of what God gave me, I'm tithing it to the church every time I get paid. If somebody gives me 10 bucks, I'm taking a dollar out. If somebody gives me a thousand bucks, I'm taking a hundred out. Here's why, it takes a level of maturity. You might feel like if you start tithing, it's gonna feel like a trial. It is. It's a trial, how are you gonna do on this trial run? And what that's gonna do is it's gonna inch you closer to the presence of God and when you inch close to the presence of God, God's going to say, watch me move. Watch me do it. God loves the watch me do it moments. The, the result of considering it joy when you face trials of many kinds is that you'll grow mature, you won't lack anything, and God will show off his glory, and you'll be like, that was God. And it all works together for his glory, amen? And one day we'll get to heaven together, and we'll celebrate his goodness. And there'll be no more trials. And there'll be no more tears, no more pain, no more suffering. But in the meantime, consider it joy. Father, I just pray right now in Jesus' name. God, I pray for everybody that's in this place. That God, you would speak to us right now and as we pursue you, I just feel like this message is hitting different for somebody. I know it is for me. So God, I pray if anybody needs to come down to the altar and pray right now, they might be in the midst of their trial right now. I pray that they would just come down and surrender. They'd come down and give it up to you. And we would we'd respond to your, your work. And if anybody needs to get saved today, they would pull myself or Pastor Dean or Pastor Mike, Pastor Wes aside and say, I just need to get saved. Lead me to Christ for the joy of my salvation. Even right now, you can pray this prayer. Just say, Jesus, I believe by faith I receive you. I'm tired of doing it on my own. I'm ready to surrender my life to you. I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. I believe in my heart that he rose from the grave. He died from all my sins, my past, present, and future sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit, God. Walk with me through the trials. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Our worship.